Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He had his gun, so he just swung it open. I start to notice that, you know, the atmosphere feels a little bit weird. First thing he seen was this six and a half foot tall, broad shoulder, dark hair, that freaked him out. We hadn't talked to her about like life and death and what any of that means. She's three years old, you know. So we turned around, suddenly there's a whole tree falling across the road. 
And she was describing to us that, you know, there was a deceased person uh, that she could she, she could see visually. You're listening to Cryptid Clues, where we tackle the ever-expanding history and mystery of monsters and supernatural madness every Monday and Friday. You can find us at cryptidclues.ca for more information, or even check out exclusive content such as interviews and D&D campaigns at patreon.com slash cryptidclues. tuning back into another episode of Corrupted Clues, Campfire Clues. I am your host, Taylor, and before we get into today's Bigfoot topics, I have a couple of plugs and a show update I want to address first. So, you can find us on our website, CryptoClues.ca, our social media channels, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Additionally, we're also on Patreon. We can get ad-free, exclusive early episodes, and should you want to reach out to us directly, you can via CryptoClues at gmail.com. Now, as far as the show update goes... It was about 2022, January, when I spoke to Ruben and thought, okay, this is when we are going to nose to the grindstone. This is going to be a full year of podcasting, and I wanted to do the two episodes a, a, um, a month, a week format. And so being in this position now where we're basically coming to the end of this year, as January is within a month now away from us, uh, I can honestly say it's been a very successful go at it. We wanted to create awareness for the show. We wanted to address so many different topics, and Campfire Clues has allowed us to dac- tackle that, and I'm very thankful for everyone tuning in. Now, the downside is that life happens as well, and while I've stuck to uh, my plan of doing two episodes every week uh, for the full year, now it's coming to a point here where that will have to be no longer the case. Well, I still am going to try to do Campfire Clues every now and then, because there's always more information to be talking about. So there's a chance that I could maybe bring it down to a once a month kind of a thing. This will, however, have no affection on any of the single Monday episodes that I'll be releasing every week. Those will still be the main episodes come January, featuring either myself, Ruben, or both of us deep diving into a topic. Well, again, our Friday Campfire Clues episodes will be put on the back burner for a while, at least until we can figure out the new structuring. Possibly, like I said, a once a month format, but we'll cross that bridge when we cross it. The podcast itself will still cover encounters, D&D campaigns, cryptid topics, interviews, and more. So definitely stay tuned. We'll keep uh, you guys all updated on those show notes and kind of the format as we figure out how we're going to restructure it come January. So... And if you've been around this whole time and you've listened to all of our episodes, thank you so much. Pat yourself on the back because you guys are just, you don't go unnoticed. We, we we can check the stats. We can see where folks are listening from and just how many people are tuning into the show. And it means the world. That actually like is fantastic. Me and Ruben, we're not professional cryptid researchers or anything like that, but we like looking at these topics and talking about them. And we hope that at the end of the day, if any random person in the world i'm not saying you're random you guys are all unique and beautiful people um but i just mean if you are just one of these unique beautiful people that sounds a lot better than if you have been able to take away a little fact or something of interest uh from our discussions then good 
mission accomplished, something you can carry with you, put in the back of your pocket and just pull out in the right conversation later on or to help if you are experiencing some craziness of your own um, and the information we talk about can help, then even better. But I digress. With that said and done, let's get into some of these details. So these newspaper episodes are some of my most absolute favorites. If you are unfamiliar with the format, basically we take a crack at exploring old newspaper articles that detail sightings and even reference specific cryptids. We did aliens last week, and we also have done UFOs, Dogman, Mothman, and more, and those are all available on our feeds. So to begin, as I said here, we're going to be doing Bigfoot. We have the News Tribune, dated December 30th, 1986. And I quote, Campers have told of their tents being destroyed by Bigfoot, and hikers have said they've spotted the creature in the Sierra High Country. During the summer of 1986, a construction crew working in the Inyo National Forest in southern Sierra, Nevada, reported glimpsing the shadowy outline of something eight feet tall. I'm just about pretty sure I saw Bigfoot, said one crewman. Not everyone, of course, believes in Bigfoot. Most people don't. But this story is about some folks who do, and its existence is about all they agree on. Marks, who mostly wears plaid flannel shirts and denims, has tracked animals since his Depression-era childhood when he sold raccoons for a whopping $14 a piece. He's since made a living hunting bear and cougar and selling the photographs and films he's taken of wildlife. Although only slightly profitable more than killing raccoons in the 30s, Marks also claims to be the one and only Bigfoot tracker. There are a lot of Bigfoot experts, he said, because you can be one instantly. Nobody really knows about Bigfoot. To be a Bigfoot tracker, though, that's going to take you a lifetime. Marks is acquainted with the self-proclaimed Bigfoot experts, he says, because they've hunted the creature with him. A couple of these experts are involved in this minor Bigfoot feud. Warren Cook, an East Coast anthropologist, believes Marks has seen photographed and battled Bigfoot. However, Grover Krantz, a West Coast anthropologist, argues that every woolly creature picture Marx has taken actually was Marx's wife in a monkey suit. Marx's part of the story began in the late 1940s when he heard Shasta County locals whispering about a huge, hairy animal that walked like a man. In fact, they called it Wild Man of Little Valley. Marx disregarded the stories until 1951, when he spotted 18-inch footprints near Mount Shasta. Whatever it was, I didn't know, he said, but I knew it was something that was alive. Before that, Marx continued, I would no more have believed it than the man in the moon. People would try to get me to chase it. I never would. But that, seeing tracks, made me a believer. Although he says he's seen 15 of the Bigfoot, his first sighting was in 1959 in the White Mountains near Bishop in East Central California. He shot film of that Bigfoot but misplaced it. It just didn't seem important at the time, he says. Marx carries cameras on tracking trips and says he sold wildlife films to Disney Studios and Warner Brothers for movies and television. His footage was the basis of the world pictures The Legend of Bigfoot, which played in movie theaters 11 years ago. It's basically the story of Ivan Marks and Bigfoot. I wanted the people to see the dadgummed thing, he said. I didn't realize there would be such a controversy. Amazing Horizons, a production company in Sunnyvale, a few months ago released a videotaped documentary titled In the Shadow of Bigfoot, which is mostly Marks' footage. 
Marks claims never to have made money on either project, but he got $800 for The Legend of Bigfoot. He says, but the producers of Shadow haven't even given him a copy. He says he doesn't care about the money. Who the hell else could live to be 65 years old, don't owe one cent in this world, don't have any money in the bank, and don't want any? Just as easily, Marx discards both the public ridicule, not unlike that endured by people who believe in flying saucers, and Grover Krantz's criticisms. Krantz is an associate professor of anthropology at Washington State University. Had he not been so outspoken during his 18-year tenure about the existence of Bigfoot, Krantz says, he'd probably be a full professor now. I'm curious about anything weird and out of the ordinary, Krantz said recently. I don't put much stock in them, but I'm always curious. A Bigfoot, I like the name Sasquatch, is pertinent to my work in human evolution. To ignore something like that, even if the odds for it to exist are slim, would be the height of folly. However, he doesn't think Marx has even photographed Bigfoot. In the two films I've seen, I not only know they're faked, I know who is in the monkey suit. He was in one and his wife was in the other, Krantz said. He's an extraordinary outdoorsman and expert photographer. He thought he would be the one to get this, Bigfoot images, but after trying after so many years, I think he said, uh, if I can't get the real thing, I'll fake it, and just gave up. Marx knows of Krantz's complaints and grins when he remembers his old friend. They used to hunt Bigfoot together. Cook and Marx are aligned in their estimates that a few hundred Bigfoot creatures exist in this country, and Cook is convinced that Bigfoot is dying out. On the other hand, Grover Krantz suggests that some 2,000 Bigfoot live in the Pacific Northwest and adjacent to Canada. Krantz hopes someone will kill a Bigfoot and allow scientists to autopsy it. Cook and Marx disagree. Leave it alone, they say. The only way to establish that Bigfoot exists is to have a body or significant piece of one, retorted Cook. The death of any creature might endanger the ability of that breeding pool to reproduce. It might push Bigfoot beyond the level of survival. Then Krantz countered, well, I don't think these things are endangered. If we're to do something to help them, maybe alter logging procedures or avoid making roads in a few places, nobody will unless we prove they exist. It becomes all the more important to shoot one as soon as possible. Until they're able to actually study a Bigfoot corpse, Krantz and the other believers can only guess at what the creature is. Krantz thinks it's a descendant of Giganthropithecus, an ape-like creature that lived hundreds of thousands to millions of years ago in what is now China. It's more ape than human, Krantz said of Bigfoot. Intellectually, it's like an ape, but the locomotion, the walking on the hind legs, is more human. There's no indication it can reason, but I think it's a closer relative to us than to the apes. There's a lot of animals in this country that people don't even know is there, Mark said. We caught one animal and called the game warden and told him we had a mountain boomer is a nocturnal rodent. He said you couldn't, that's a myth. But then we showed him. We're out in the woods all the time. We see a lot of things we don't even know, can't explain. Mark says that most people won't admit to things that they don't understand, things that are odd. And that's why many Bigfoot sightings go unreported. End quote. So just a note here, and this is my own personal take, but the article author I realize loves to profile Mark's with the mentions of his mannerisms, his lifestyle, the way he's dressed and all that. And I feel like this is a selective approach to shaken readers' beliefs, maybe not interest in Bigfoot as a phenomenon, but like you're an author, you're writing this article, but I feel like you can feel his, <laughs> his perspective 
uh, coming across into the words and the way he writes it. And I think that is very unfair. I think that you need to approach something that's being very unbiased so that a person can read this and formulate their own opinion. Because anyone that hasn't met Marx in real life is going to read this article and they will profile him as just a, another crazy guy wearing denim jeans and a plaid shirt sitting on the porch with, you know, hunting animals and just all this and that. And it's just, it's horrible to profile someone like that. And I feel like that's how it can be taken when you read an article like this. Granted, this article is very much uh, from, uh, what was it, 1986. And the footage is 11 years before that so 1976 or sorry 11 years 1975 so there's definitely a different time back then and yeah so i digress i'm just i'm just inventing about that <laughs> so although mark says it right uh, most people they won't admit to when things get inexplicable go inexplicable in oh my goodness a tricky word the english language inexplicably wrong or just unknown leaving things unreported people don't want to talk about those things and especially back in the 70s and 80s when these things kind of would happen i mean you talk about it to the newspaper or you go and report it and people are going to think you're cuckoo for cocoa puffs and it's it's very tragic it really really is but uh we've got a couple more newspaper articles we're going to dive into here after this quick ad break Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumbaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. We got a nice news article here from May 5th, 2003. It's the Newport News, Virginia. And I quote, Finding the animal would reshape our thinking of the status of humans on this earth, says Shaler. People write it off as a hoax or myth. I don't think that's fair. Bigfoot tales have been the stuff of everyday conversation in Willow Creek for decades. The town, barely five blocks long, is cradled in a valley carved by the Trinity River, 30 miles east of Eureka. Puffs of clouds hug woodsy hillsides with industrial logging gone belly up. The hamlet, population 1500, long ago hitched its fortunes to sightseeing, fishing, rafting, and Bigfoot. It was 30 miles north in the remote expanse of the Six Rivers National Forest that Bigfoot tracks were spotted 45 years ago near Bluff Creek. Jerry Crew, a tractor operator for Wallace, returned to town with a plaster of Paris cast of a whopper footprint. Jaws dropped, the news media pounced, and the hunt was on. Tom Slick, a Texas oilman and adventurer, hired a team of hunters and outdoorsmen to find the creature in 1960. The same year Sir Edmund Hillary conducted his celebrated Himalayan search for the Bigfoot's protective cousin, the Yeti. Both came up empty. The wildlands north of Willow Creek also produced the most hotly debated piece of Bigfoot memorabilia, the jerky one-minute film of a hulking figure striding up a dry riverbed, shot in 1967 by Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin. Now, the 16mm film, brushed off by doubters as a man in a monkey suit, has yet to be proven fake. Bigfoot has become a part of our culture, said Joanne Hereford, president of the Willow Creek China Flat Museum, a repository for Bigfoot artifacts and lore. Hereford considers herself a skeptic, but she adds with a wink, I firmly believe in the economic value of Bigfoot. Sasquatch's capitalist imprint here is impossible to miss. There is the Bigfoot Country Club and Bigfoot Lumber, Bigfoot Rafting, and the Bigfoot Motel. A local cafe features the Bigfoot Burger and Chocolate Bigfoot Donut. Both are big and, of course, shaped like a foot. The weekly newspaper features the hairy hominid on its masthead. Highway 299, the main drag through town, is the Bigfoot Scenic Byway. Reports of ape-like behemoths predate Wallace by generations. A race of huge hairy giants has long been a part of American Indian lore, and settlers in North Northern California talked of it as far back as the 1880s. Teddy Roosevelt related a Bigfoot yarn in his 1890 book, The Wilderness Hunter, telling of a Northwest trapper thought slain by a huge man-beast. Hodgson, who ran Willow Creek's general store for decades, once counted himself even among the doubters. But then, two trusted friends confessed to a frightening forest encounter with a huge bipedal ape. It is a hard thing to swallow, said Hodgson, 79, but I absolutely believe these folks were telling me the truth. On the town's sidewalks, not everyone shares his conviction. Kurt Benson, 67, spent a lifetime in the woods stringing power lines and figures Bigfoot is simply good-natured poppycock. If I were a businessman like Al Hodgson, everything I saw would be a Bigfoot. A bushy beard carpenter named Tim Bauer joked that most folks would consider Bigfoot to be one of my cousins. But Bauer turned deadly earnest when he told of hearing a howl up by his place near Fish Lake. He figures it was a Bigfoot. It's like a screaming child that's been burned, he said. Sense chills up your spine. 
Robert Michael Pyle, a biologist and writer who turned a Guggenheim grant into the book Where Bigfoot Walks, Crossing the Dark Divide, says the simple act of studying Sasquatch takes guts. Academics who open their minds to the possibility of Bigfoot run a real risk of being ostracized, Pyle said. It becomes a practical thing to avoid the topic. The late Grover Krantz, a Washington State University anthropologist, was for years academia's highest profile Bigfoot researcher. He spent nights driving lonely Pacific Northwest back roads, rifled by his side, in search of the creature. Krantz believed shooting a Bigfoot was the surest way to turn myth into reality. For years, he struggled before finally winning tenure, promotions, and respect, Pyle said. He was almost a Shakespearean tragic figure. One of Krantz's few protégés is Jeff Meldrum, an associate professor of anatomy and anthropology at Idaho State University. Meldrum is a respected scientist, a serious fellow who specializes in the evolution of primate locomotion. He said he has put up with the thinly veiled expressions of incredulity from colleagues since he began looking into Bigfoot in 1996. In the academic world, where you either publish or perish, a Bigfoot paper doesn't stand much chance with the scientific journals. Meldrum said, but to offhandedly brush this aside as a myth is not very scientific. He is increasingly convinced such an animal may exist, swayed in particular but be eyewitnesses' accounts and plaster cast imprints that have emerged from the woods over the decades. Many of the footprints are fake, he said, but the scores look to be genuine. Meldrum said a few provocative hair samples have failed to produce usable DNA, but can't be matched to any known animal. Patterson's 1967 film also intrigues Meldrum. As the creature tromps off, its muscles bulge, long arms swing, legs move in a high-step gait that Meldrum suggests evolved to avoid the woody debris of the forest floor. It also appears female, prompting Meldrum to ask, who's going to add breasts to a monkey suit? If such a creature exists, he said, it is obviously shy and extraordinarily elusive. Based on witness accounts, a profile can be drawn. Bigfoot is likely seven to eight feet tall, largely nocturnal, a solitary omnivore with footprints sometimes in excess of 20 inches long and half a foot wide. What's needed, all agree, is a specimen, dead or alive. But no skeletal remains have been produced, let alone a body. Peter S. Rodman, a University of California Davis primate expert, says he will remain dubious until Bigfoot walks in the door, but a few doubters have been turned around. A breakthrough came in 2000 when Bigfoot researchers produced a 200-pound block of plaster dubbed the Skookum cast. It is billed as the impression of a Bigfoot made while lying at the muddy edge of a small pond near Mount Adams in Washington State. Meldrum and others marveled over what they consider indisputable anatomical correct features. A gigantic heel, leg, and backside. If the cast is a forgery, Meldrum said, it is a masterpiece. Darius Swindler a University of Washington Emeritus Professor of Anthropology and long among Bigfoot's most fervent doubters, took one look at the slab of plaster and declared himself impressed, particularly by the imprint of an enormous Achilles tendon, which he said would be difficult to fake. End quote. I felt this was a good article that has very important relevant references to the first one that we discussed. We can learn a lot of doubt here, and even more of the position scientists take. This article details it well on how to pursue such a thing can result in the cast-out mentality from your peers in schools. 
Now, I'm going to vent here. Just imagine if we combine science with spirituality, the powerhouse humanity could be. Holy smokes. I think we could usher a new age of civilization. Again, that's my own perspective, but I do think there's a lot of overlaying tones from both worlds of science and spirituality. And just to know that you being a scientist in a community where your job is to discover breakthrough barriers and just find new things through science just to be hated upon for thinking outside the box it's just it's it's like it defeats the purpose of being a scientist like where where is the imagination and the exploration and yeah it's just such a shame it really is a shame so i really commend these select few individuals that push that boundary and try to incorporate more of these awkward talking points that shouldn't be awkward in the first place that just imagine again like i said earlier we could be so much more further ahead if we had the proper resources and the proper affiliation with full cooperation of the scientific community you could only imagine how much further we could be ahead there However, to close this episode out, let's roll the clocks back to November 26, 1977, the Bismarck Tribune, and I quote, Little Eagle, South Dakota. Many in this remote hamlet on Standing Rock Indian Reservation are convinced they are invaded by several Bigfoot, and they are afraid. Since early September, three Giganthropithecus, commonly called Sasquatch or Bigfoot, have haunted the thick scrub cottonwoods that surround and fill Little Eagle's scattered town site of 60 residents. 28 sightings have been made in the last two and one half months. According to Gary Alexander, whose General Store Services as headquarters for the ensuing Bigfoot hunt, observations have come at all times of the day and night from the southern edge of town along the meandering Grand River to the steep bluffs to the north, with the creatures viewed from as far as 150 yards away and up to 10 feet away during a confrontation. Little Eagle is not alone. The reservation towns of Timber Lake, Trail City, and Eagle Butt to the south, along with the Cannonball and the Solon to the north, also advise of Bigfoot sightings. But the unusual frequency of sightings in such a short time span at Little Eagle has attracted nationwide attention from professional and amateur phenomena researchers alike. Likewise, an anthropologist from the University of Nebraska at Omaha, although twice delayed by winter storms, has promised to visit the site. When he arrives, the Nebraskan will have a number of photographs and castings of footprints, as well as Bigfoot droppings from near Solon to study, along with a slew of eyewitnesses to interview, enough to fill a busload. Two busloads. Among them is the Mar Chasing Hawk, who is confronted by a Bigfoot lurking 10 feet away from him. Chasing Hawk, who has carried a rifle as protection ever since, relates it was about 10.15 p.m. on a September night when the incident occurred. He was on a pathway bordered by scrub bushes just outside his backyard at the fringe of town as he returned home from a nearby card game. I heard a noise by my side and turned to look when I saw something between the bushes stand up. It was Bigfoot, Lamar Hawk asserts. While he was close enough to touch it, Lamar Hawk can only describe the animal as about 9 feet tall and weighing over 600 pounds. I didn't stay around long enough to find out what it looked like, he explains. I turned around and ran for home and didn't look back. Hawk's consternation over the event is shared by many of Little Eagle's residents who are moving out of town until the situation dies down, including Revenant Angus Long Elk, 
Long Elk, a little eagle resident for the last five years, left his home and the trim, white, clabbered church along the Grand River for the safety of McLaughlin, 14 miles to the north. I couldn't stand its running around and shrieking all night, he says of Bigfoot's heralded coyote-like screaming noise. It was doing it all the time. And about two weeks ago, my wife saw it at night while she was down by the river. She's been afraid ever since and wanted to leave. Bigfoot descriptions have been similar, according to Alexander. Generally, the creatures have been determined to be between 6 to 9 feet tall and weighing from 600 to 900 pounds. Alexander, who has not seen a Bigfoot, says one of the larger animals is reported to be dark in color and the other light. A third Bigfoot reportedly is smaller, he says, at about 6 feet tall and 400 pounds. Although not all three have been seen at the same time, during one incident, two of the animals were seen by hunters simultaneously to other searchers seeing a third creature at a different location. Alexander said searchers have been working each night in four to six man squads on stakeouts throughout the town and close in on Bigfoot once they hear a tail tall shriek. Alexander is convinced the incidents are legitimate. When we found tracks in a row, the stride has been six to seven feet apart. It would take three men on stilts to make them and get that deep an impression? Likewise, he can see no reason why someone would attempt to deliberately frighten the townspeople. He notes there are no known mineral deposits or other riches in the area. And if there was a clandestine discovery, he says the land is held in trust by the Sioux tribe rather than individuals who might be scared into leaving. Attempts to document the Bigfoot's existence have taken a serious turn. Ed Miller, an unemployed gravel hauler and oil products distributor, has set up a mobile camper equipped with a tape recording system and manned by up to eight people on Hawk's property. Miller has discovered a number of curiosities about Bigfoot's behavior that are typical according to Milton LaSalle, who is a New York State soils engineer who has studied Bigfoot sightings on the east and west coast the past 20 years and traveled to Little Eagle last week. Among Miller's findings were that Bigfoot has a tendency to sneak around on all fours when the animal feels threatened instead of walking erect. Of greater interest, though, is Miller and others say they have heard Bigfoot attempt to mimic the human voice. They sound a lot like a coyote, but they can give you any sound that you want to hear. He contends. He describes the vocalizing attempts as chattering, although he claims Bigfoot has successfully only said the word hey. LaSalle notes that such abilities by Bigfoot have been rarely experienced and are not documented as fact, but have been reported of the animal in the past as well as his third cousins, the Mono Grande of the South American, Andes Mountains Range, and the Yeti of the Himalayas. There are far too many witnesses involved in various sightings for it to be rigged. The sightings are conclusive that it doesn't fit the description of any wildlife native to the area. It's not a bear either, that I'm certain of. Sal says there is some question in my mind whether the long-distance sightings actually were of Bigfoot, but the other close-up witnesses seem quite sincere and honest in their stories. I would say at least a portion of the sightings are genuine, noting that many sightings took place within 25 yards, in up to three minutes in duration. LaSalle thinks it would be impossible for someone to be hoaxing the community. With animals that stand up to 10 or 11 feet tall, it would require a drastic costume that over a long sighting period would be eventually seen to be quite obvious as fake. End quote. So what do we take from this? A fixated area pulling in the attention of Sasquatch, which is not a first, 
The previous article focused on national parks, while this later art latter article was a small-scale town. And the planet is filled with hotspots for good reason. Powerful energy locations that I'm sure we could tap into but have forgotten or just lost that ability. But hotspots nonetheless that could be home to other cryptids, paranormal, or even UFO activity. A blatant example would be Skinwalker Ranch. There is some crazy activity there, to which you can learn more about on one of our earlier episodes that focuses on it. Uh, it's on our main feed, but in closing to this last report, I just want to focus on these vocalizations. So it's not the first time I've heard the possibility of them reproducing human words. There's been other encounters where people say like this thing, it said this name back or it said all these things, like words that they have audibly and vocally put out. These things have mimicked and repeated. So, however, the use of the word chatter is something I want to really focus on in the article, which I find is fascinating. Well, this article is from 1977. The samurai chatter was recorded in 1972. Again, the samurai chatter was the Sierra Mountain recordings of um, those vocalizations. Uh, and these were credited to Ron Moorhead. That leaves a good five years uh, for copycats to learn and maybe recreate elsewhere in this sitting of Little Eagle. The vocalizations weren't officially produced until 1996 by Ron Moorhead, so we have a piece of history here uh, that at least to me can act as a reaffirmation of the Sierra Sound recordings, because if you are coming up with evidence and vocalizations in other parts of the world that at a time when you couldn't guarantee the Sierra sounds, even though it was five years, maybe you hadn't heard about them or know about them, but you're hearing things that sound like samurai chatter, and then all of a sudden, 1996 rolls around and you listen to the Sierra sound recordings, and I'm like, holy smokes, this matches what I heard. Then I think you're onto something, and that's where the reaffirmation comes into play. And it backs each other up. It works as like a double-edged blade in a good way. <laughs> maybe a double-edged, um, uh, lollipop, because that way it's good for, for both ends, I guess, I don't know. But just in the sense where if you have a genuine experience with genuine audio, uh, vocalizations, like Ron Moorhead, and then you have another individual, another part of the world shortly after get that same information and that same experience, then you present it to each other and say, hey, this was real, this is what I got, this is real, this is what I got. You present it and they reaffirm and back each other up. It's the same notion actually as if you see a UFO out in the bush or a Bigfoot and you got someone with you who could reaffirm what you saw. That's just one of the most powerful things. And that's again where the scientific community needs to come together and really work as a team to just find different bits of evidence, bring them together and just really try to figure out what's really going on. But I digress. <laughs> with that, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Cryptic Clues, Campfire Clues. I love that the separate newspaper articles spaced out by decades uh, could all kind of stack up with each other with their own research and writings. But we'll be back on Monday with a new main episode. Ruben and I have taken another look back into the dog man for Monday's episode. It's been so long and we couldn't wait anymore to discuss that freaky cryptid. Until then, you can find us on our website at crypticlues.ca, our social media channels, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. You can also find us on Patreon, where you can get ad-free early and exclusive episodes there. And lastly, should you want to reach us directly, you can via crypticlues at gmail.com. So until next time, everyone, take care and stay safe. Thank you.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.